0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 37, and can be found on on 1501 in your pew Bible. Matthew records, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or a sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or a sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, If you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar and first go and be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. Settle your matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court and do it while you are still together on the way. Or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown in prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away, it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away, It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said that anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery, and anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows that you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because nothing good comes from any other source. So this week, we continue to work our way through the Sermon on the Mount, as we heard in this week's Gospel. And you'll recall that this is the third week in a row that our gospel has come from that Sermon on the Mount. In the first week, we heard the Beatitudes taught, and they were taught us uh, that in spite of the fact that we are spiritually poor, God blesses us for Jesus' sake and then last week, we learned that Jesus will always be with us so that we can be salt and light no matter where we go. And so this week, we get to learn what Jesus thinks about some of the Ten Commandments. And one of the things that we learned about the Sermon on the Mount is this, and that is that Jesus was intentionally instructing his disciples. The teaching in the Sermon on the Mount is for the church. Unbelievers might hear this sermon, but it would be a mystery to them unless the Holy Spirit worked faith in their hearts. It is especially important this week that we understand that Jesus is teaching his his church in this sermon. You see the 10 commandments were originally given only to the Israelites. And that was when God spoke to them on or from the mount of Sinai, Mount Sinai. And if If they were mentioned in no other place, if the Ten Commandments were mentioned in no other place, then we could say that the Ten Commandments were given only for the nation of Israel in that time and that place. However, when Jesus speaks about the Ten Commandments today, he is teaching his church how she is to regard Those commandments. Now, if you were thinking that Jesus might back off a little bit with regard to the Ten Commandments, um, well, it's one of those cases. You think again. He not only asks us to keep the Ten Commandments as they were given to Israel, but he even raises the bar—you know—several magnitude levels above what the Ten Commandments. Say, Let me explain. Murder, as we know, is taking a human life without just cause or due process. And Jesus raised the bar by saying that hatred is murder. The saying goes, you've heard this, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And Jesus says the opposite. He says, if you insult someone, that is equal to murder. And adultery. Adultery is any kind of sexual activity outside of marriage. And Jesus raises the bar to include even our thoughts. So what does that say about pornography? Well, by the way, I need to mention to the ladies that this is not just the visual stuff that comes and corrupts men. It also includes novels and the romantic hero of those novels or Netflix series that makes a heart race just a little bit. It also includes times when a husband has been a clod. And you remember that there were other men in your life that you could have married instead of the clod. And Jesus raises the bar to include all of this kind of thinking. Jesus does this sort of thing quite a lot, and by the time he gets through the Ten Commandments, we must all admit that we break them, all of them, every day. We have gotten so used to breaking them that we often break them and don't even notice it. Martin Luther got it right when he teaches what sins we are to confess. In the small catechism, he asks what sins should we confess? And his answer is this. Before God, we should plead guilty of all sins, even those that we do not know, as we do in the Lord's Prayer. Then if we are tempted to think that sins are Not all that serious. Jesus tells us to amputate all of the body parts that cause us to sin. He says, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body may go into hell. So you know it is pretty serious stuff when Jesus starts talking about hell. In Matthew fifteen nineteen, Jesus said, Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. And the Holy, Spire, the Holy Spirit inspired Moses to write in Genesis chapter 6-5, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It is not the hands or the eyes that need amputating, the seed of our sin is in our hearts. Some pastors say the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. We need to get rid of our sinful hearts. And I, I always find it just a little bit puzzling when people tell me that they have given their heart to Christ as though that were some sort of a noble gesture, gesture on, on their part. The sin in our hearts is absolutely disgusting. A jar of raw sewage would be a better gift than our old sinful hearts. God wants our filthy sinful hearts though. He wants them so that he can destroy them. God is not interested in receiving our hearts as a gift. Instead, he is interested in taking our hearts and pulling them to death. As the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write this in Romans 6, 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death and... In Romans 6.6, 6, he says, we know that our old self, our old Adam, was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. And then in Galatians, chapter 5, verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. When Jesus went to the cross, he took our filthy, toxic, sinful hearts with him. And with his death, he put those hearts to death. Okay, so what about the big empty space that is left behind? We can't live without hearts. So how does God address this problem? Well, this happens in Holy Baptism. As the Holy Spirit also inspired Paul to write about the removal of the heart, the Holy Spirit also inspired Paul to tell of the new heart. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, he said this, If anyone, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And he also writes in Romans 6, 5, if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And also Paul writes in Romans 6, 8, if we have died... With Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So when the Holy Spirit plants faith in us, he does a heart transplant. He removes our filthy hearts of sin, and he replaces them with a clean and holy heart of Jesus Christ himself. And now, Although we have the holy heart of Christ within us, we still live in a sinful world. Temptations. Temptations still attack us, and it's from all directions. And we often suffer defeat. That is when our heart, our new heart, convicts us of sin, and it drives us back to the cross where once again we confess our sins and we receive forgiveness for all of our sins. And in this way, God keeps our new heart clean until he takes us away from this world of sin to live with him forever, where our hearts will never be sinful again. Each and every one of us was born with a toxic heart. It was a heart that loved sin and hated God. And over time, our continuous sinning only made our hearts blacker and more toxic, and there was no way that we could give our hearts as a gift to God. Instead, God took our filthy hearts and he destroyed them. He destroyed them at the cross. And now, through your holy baptism he gives us his heart. And by the power of that heart, we fear, we love, and we trust in him above all things. We will turn to him in time of trouble and when temptations overwhelm us. It is his heart that draws us to him in confession and in the sure and certain knowledge that God loves us for Christ's sake, and that God will forgive us for Christ's sake. And it is because Christ has given us his heart that we will live with him in heaven and rejoice before his throne forever. This is the new heart that God has created in all of us who believe.